Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. You're locked in. Look at what we have here, folks. To the only show that matters. The cream of the crop. Duke loves wrestling. And there is no one that does it better than your host. I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. The Duke. And I'm all out of bubblegum. Welcome to a special edition of the Duke Loves Wrestling Podcast. I'm telling you right now, folks, I am pumped up about this one. Invicta Fighting Championships. Literally an all-women's MMA promotion. They have a huge event coming up, Invicta FC 48. And it's happening Wednesday, July 20th, 2022, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. It's going to be on Access TV, available on the Invicta FC YouTube Available on the Invicta FC Facebook, also available on the Fight Network. So you got so many ways to check out this exciting card. And on this episode, not only am I interviewing the president and founder of Invicta FC, not only am I interviewing one competitor, I'm interviewing two competitors who are going to be fighting each other on the card. And I'm talking about Melissa Odessa Parker and also Isis Verbeek. So this is just an action-packed episode. I'm even going to be live-tweeting Invicta FC tonight, okay? So we're talking Wednesday, the 20th, 2022. It's an Invicta FC takeover. I know you're not here to listen to me talk all day, so let's jump right in to our first of three fantastic interviews. Check this out. Hi, this is Shannon Knapp president of Invicta Fighting Championships, and you're listening to Duke Loves Wrestling. Shannon, it is an absolute pleasure to have you on the Duke Loves Wrestling podcast. And I got to ask, I mean, we're right before the start of Invicta FC 48. Like Literally, how are you feeling? How are you doing, Shannon? I'm doing well. Thank you for having me on, Duke. It's a pleasure to be here. And stop the presses, brothers and sisters out there. Shannon, you're a Hall of Famer. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I am. Yeah, that was quite an honor. The International Sports Hall of Fame, class of 2022. Shannon has been inducted in there. And it's because of your excellence in the sport of mixed martial arts. I mean, a lot of folks, yes, you have Invicta Fighting Championships, which you are a founder. Uh, you are the, the head honcho over there and what have you. But your experience, your career in mixed martial arts dates back much, much further, uh, decades. You're somebody who has worked for who's who, worked at all the major MMA promotions. You've worked with all the major stars. So this isn't new hat for you. Uh, you're somebody who legitimately has dedicated a good portion of your life to growing the sport of mixed martial arts. How does it feel? to be acknowledged on such a grand stage for all of your hard work? You know, it, it's very surreal. You know, I, I don't think I ever expected that by any means. You know, I, I'm very blessed because I do what I love and I love what I do, you know. Um, so, yeah, to be honored in such a way, you know, and, and recognized for contributions to the sport, you know, it means a lot to me. That's very near and dear to my heart. I definitely have to say that. 
I think people do kind of forget Duke that, you know, I think they look at Invicta and they're like, oh, you know, she's sort of a female organization. I don't think people know or realize that, you know, I spent probably 20 years of my career on the male side of the sport, matchmaking and doing, you know, multiple different jobs. So, yeah, to, to be recognized for those contributions, you know, it was surreal, but very, you know, something that's very important to me. I'm very appreciative of it. Well, it's definitely a fantastic honor. And again, congratulations on that. I wonder about Invicta because, you know, especially with somebody of your experience, Shannon, where you've worked everywhere, you've seen them all come and go in, in terms of mixed martial arts franchises, and companies and what have you. And yet Invicta Fighting Championships, this all women's league, you've been able to endure and continue to thrive. I, I truly feel like Invicta's best days are ahead of you, which is just a really fantastic thing to be able to say uh, with confidence here. What do you attribute it to? Invicta's success, Invicta's staying power, the fact that there's so much promise. I mean, you got a fantastic card with Invicta FC 48 coming up here. What do you attribute all the success to? You know, I, I definitely think it's, you know, putting in the work, you know, and doing the right thing and, you know, keeping the eye on the ball for us has always been about making sure that the athletes are at the forefront and that the things that we do, you know, is for the betterment of them in the sport. So I think those are some of the reasons that I think we're successful is just because we do put the athlete first and, you know, uh, we're passionate about what we do. I always say you do good work, good things happen. And, you know, here we are. 10 years later, uh, you know, we're thriving. We're getting ready to add a lot of shows, you know, our schedule for next year. We're looking at a show per month. So there's a lot of great things that are happening. And I think we're still just, you know, we are just beginning to open up of where we really want to go. Well, I feel like Invicta FC 48 is just a prime example of not only where you want to go, but where you're at which is, again, it's just very, very promising. Talk to me about this card because it's pretty stacked. I'm always very proud of my athletes. I have to say that in all the years that I've worked in the business, I can always depend on one thing every time we have a show is that my athletes show up ready and they show up to compete. You know, um, very rarely, very rarely have I ever walked away and thought that, you know, it was a card that didn't deliver or that there were performances that are, you know, that kind of attitude. I think that our athletes really go in to perform. And I think they put on a great show. I think the fans, you know, won't want to miss this card because, it, like you said, it is stacked. And there's some incredible talent on it. Tanisha Tennant is our current champion. And she will square off with Ogla Rubin, which Ogla is very... She's very um, talented as well. I think this is going to be a very well-rounded fight. I mean, it's going to make for uh, fireworks. I think it's going to be a really good fight. And it really, you know, um, Ogla does have the possibility, of course, to shake up the divisions and turn things around. And Tanisha, you know, she's always game to step in and step up to whatever is in front of her. And I think when you have two athletes that are incredibly talented like that, and Tisha doesn't want to give, uh, Tanisha does not want to give up that belt which always makes for a good fight. When there's a belt involved, you can always, you know, um, plan, you know, that there will be, you know, a lot of uh, action for sure. 
one of the things I love about Invicta FC is that you folks just continue to grow. You continue to attract new fans. In addition to your faithful fans, myself included here, um, I can't get enough of it. I think it's it's high quality mixed martial arts, compelling storylines behind that, too, just because of the matchmaking, the way that you and your team put these matches together, uh, figure out which styles are going to mesh well with each other so we can have an exciting fight as uh, fans. You know, that's what we want to see here. What do you say to the people out there that are a little squeamish about women participating in mixed martial arts? Because, you know, let's call it what it is. We know we're going to see blood. We may see a couple of knocked out teeth. We know we're going to see some black eyes, some bloody noses, what have you here. That's part of the sport, male or female. We know that that's what's going to happen. Some people may not have the stomach for seeing women fight like that. What do you say to those folks, especially those who are on the fence, those who are MMA fans, those who may be curious enough to check it out? But again, it's it's women beating each other up here. I don't know. What do you say to these folks? You know, one of the things I like to always point out to people, whether you know, it's you know whether people have questions about women competing or men, is that all the genres that make a complete athlete in mixed martial arts. You can find in the Olympics, you've got the judo, you've got the wrestling, you've got the boxing, all the different genres. And what happens is, is we just put them all together and, you know, it forms this hybrid kind of an athlete that comes in and competes. You know, we're regulated by the boxing commissions and, you know, it's, it is a safer sport, in my opinion, than boxing. Um, you know, our athletes have more defensive tactics to keep you know, to change the situation of what's happening, whether you're getting hit in the head, you know, they have the option to take it to the ground and do different things. I think that definitely um, some people, I do run into it. Some people that are, it's still a hard sell on the female side. And what I always say to them is this, I say, give me two minutes, give me two minutes of your time, tune in, watch, and then have an opinion. You know, one of the things that I think that really turns people off is that in the past, you know, I'm not going to accuse anyone of that today, but in the past, I think that because there weren't opportunities for women, a lot of times they would see athletes that were outmatched or athletes that were competing in a different weight division than what they should be competing at just to get opportunities. And I think that, you know, you see when you see that type of mismatch, nobody wants to see somebody get beat up. And here at Invicta, what we do is we make good matchups. We make good matchups that they're equally matched that either athlete can win. We don't do that lopsided highlight reel kind of matchups. You know, we do matchups that are going to entertain the fans. They're going to put on great fights and it's going to be competitive. And I think that's what real mixed martial arts is about. You know, but I do have to be honest with you. For me to sit here and tell you that I never had a different opinion would be lying. And, you know, I am a very honest person. So I do have to say early in my career, when they would come to me and they'd ask me, you know, they'd, they'd just kind of play around with the idea, let's say. And they'd be like, Shannon, we want to do a female matchup. And it would never be like Shannon go out there and find the best talent, you know, talented females. It was always more geared in that to hot girls kind of thing. And, you know, I left a bad taste in my mouth. You know, I was there were many times I would look over and be like, you're not going to take a spot from one of my guys to do this. You know, I just wasn't interested in that. 
But thankfully, you know, what happened is, is that when I was a matchmaker at Strikeforce, I had the opportunity to, you know, witness firsthand some of the female athletes. And you know what? They changed my mind. They really gave me a different perspective. And I think that's what makes it great for me to be the one that, you know, as the president of Invicta and to found the organization, because what happened was they gave me the tools that I needed to go out and convince the world that they're special and they're different. And, you know, so, I mean, I was one of those people, I'm not going to lie. You know, I was one of those people that wasn't as fond of the idea by far. You know, Shannon, it's really interesting because you have this Invicta Fighting Championships. Again, all women's mixed martial arts promotion. You're able to put together some exciting fights, different weight classes, women from all over the world. Somehow, some way, you can make this happen. And yet, when I take a look at some of these other promoters, especially promoters that promote both men and women's mixed martial arts within their company, there are a lot of excuses. There are a lot of excuses as it relates to women's MMA in particular. Oh, we can't find someone to fight our champion. Oh, you know, there's no one out there, yada, yada, yada. And as an analyst and also as a fan, and I'm a longtime fan of mixed martial arts. I go back to pit fighting. I go back to the tough man stuff. I go back to the early days of ESPN when they were airing mixed martial arts fighting before they were calling it mixed martial arts. You just knew that somebody of one discipline was fighting someone of another discipline and we were going to see what was going to happen. I'm talking real raw stuff. You know, I go all the way back to that. So I've seen the sport go through its different changes and what have you. I don't understand how a promoter can't do what it takes to go out there and find the best competition possible for who they have within their companies. It's a foreign concept for me, and it keeps happening to the women in particular. How is it that you're able to find so many fantastic women fighters consistently, and yet a lot of these other promotions, all they have is excuses for why they can't find more challenges for their champions? There are some divisions that are incredibly tough, incredibly tough in terms of, you know, um, the, the talent. You know, or maybe there's a champion that just has so many fights, you know, and there's a big gap in between, you know, the young up and coming athletes or something like that. But one thing I think that people don't realize is that there are the numbers are, you know, there's not as many women by far as there are men that compete in the space in the sport. And once, you know, several different organizations start picking up women, that pool becomes even smaller. You know, not all of them play nice together, as you know, so they don't share or don't compete against each other. So that causes, you know, another other problems. But, yeah, I mean, you just got to put the work in and put the time in, you know, and that's really what it's always been about is nobody wanted to get in this space. Um, it was not it was the hardest thing in the sport to pick up and run with, you know, and not everybody's interested in that. They're more interested in making money and men still sell the tickets and make the money. Talk to me about this innovative thing that you have going on in Invicta FC, uh, open scoring. I mean, this has been a, a hot topic. Some people love it. Some people can't stand it. I personally think it's fantastic because it allows the corners and the fighters to understand truly where they are in a fight. You're, you're, you need to really step it up or 
You know what I mean? You need to hang on here. And it's actually real, honest discussion as opposed to some of the things that we've seen in the fight game, not even just mixed martial arts, but in the fight game in general. Talk to me about the open score. Yeah, absolutely. You know, we do have open scoring. We use it. Um, We've been using it for almost two years now, two years. It will be the first time that Colorado has used it when we have our show next week on July 20th. But I'm a firm believer in giving the tools and the resources to the athletes to help them be successful. I mean, their records are important. Um, It affects their money. Judging does everything, you know. If they get a bad judge, you know, that sets in there and they some of the bad judging that comes along and they lose a the fight that affects their career, that affects their money. So for me, it was literally the case of giving the athletes another resource or a tool to add to their arsenal to help them be successful. To know where you're at, I think, is such a valuable tool, whether you're the coach or you're the athlete. And so that's really why we implemented it. And just another layer of a way to, um, you know, help the athlete be successful. Well, and I know that some traditionalists, if we could even call them that, because the thing about mixed martial arts, just like any sport, it has to evolve. You know, it has to change. Things have to continue to keep up with the times. And you have to try new things in order to keep the sport exciting and interesting so you can attract more people. I mean, that is always the goal. I'm a lifelong mixed martial arts fan, so you don't have to work as hard to keep me interested as you do somebody who maybe they're watching for the first time or maybe they're very casual. So you got to bring something else, other elements in to keep people interested and hook them. And, And certainly this open scoring concept, I think that it's just one of many tools in the toolbox that can help achieve that goal. So it's good stuff. And, you know, with all your experience, Shannon, I know a lot of people looking at you. Who does she think she is? Open scoring. Oh, who ever heard of that? What's this lady's problem? (laughs) Again, you're not in the Hall of Fame for for no reason here. Okay, you're somebody that's put the work in and you have a lot of great relationships that you've built through the years because of your excellence behind the scenes, matchmaking the whole nine yards within mixed martial arts as a sport. One person in particular that you are tied to and someone that um, you worked with for a while, have a great friendship with, Boss Rutten. Okay, In fact, they call you his little sister. <laughs> and, you know, Boss is somebody who he's going to live forever, not only because he's one of the greatest fighters of all time, uh, but people are rediscovering him every single day because he went viral. There is a self-defense video out there on YouTube that gets shared all the time. People have cut it. They've made memes. They've made GIFs with it uh, of Boss acting just completely ridiculous while showing people how to do self-defense inside of a bar and all this other stuff. Talk to me about that because this guy's gone viral with that, uh, which is just amazing, by the way, because Boss, for the most part, you know, he's been retired or, or at least semi-retired for a little bit little bit here, but he is going to live forever because of that viral video. Talk to us about your relationship with Boss and that video in particular. Yeah, old El Wapo. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, Boss is incredible. He's amazing. You know, he's one of my best and dearest friends. Uh, 
Yeah, you're right. Back in the early days, they used to call me BLS, boss's little sister. So I think everybody thought for many, many years that that actually was my brother. So it's kind of funny, but yeah, boss is entertaining on every level. You know, he's um, just an amazing human being. And that video, <laughs> it's, it's very fun. But, it, you know, even though it's fun to watch and it's more because of his animation than, you know, because the techniques and the things he's telling you, they really work, you know, and they would work, you know, if you needed them in that type of a situation. But it's really all about the way Boss delivers things. You know, he's very animated. And I think that just really adds to the value, the entertainment value of the video. You know, I'm sorry. I'm just laughing because I'm sitting here thinking about that video where he's hitting the guy's head on the table and he's like, don't you yes. ever do that again, <laughs> you know? And then he's like, boing, boing. <laughs> boing, yes. He's doing the sound effects. Yeah. Yes. But that's yes. the animation part, you know, that makes it incredible. <laughs> yeah. That's a great, that's a great video. I just haven't seen it for years. So as you were talking, I was, you know, the clips were running back through my head and just like, yeah, that's, that's a phenomenal <laughs> video. I'm- it's just amazing. Again, he's going to live forever on that, which is so cool. He, he may be more famous for that video than for his fight career to the outside world, to people who may not necessarily identify themselves as MMA fans. But, you know, these these characters, in addition to these great fighters, and when you find people like Boss who can blend it in together, who can figure out the marketing aspect in addition to being great fighters. You know, folks like the Russian Bear, Oleg Tektarov, Ken Shamrock, uh, Dan the Beast Severin, you know, it, even someone who's more current, like Amanda Nunes, who legitimately is my favorite fighter on the planet today. I absolutely adore Amanda Nunes. I think she is just amazing, incredible, fantastic. You know, I had her back in Strike Force. Yes, you did. And then here at Invicta as well. You sure did. And, and listen, she's fantastic. Just like the ladies in Invicta FC today. Again, Shannon, you're finding these talented, fantastic fighters, women fighters. You're putting together these great cards. And that's why we're here at this point now with Invicta FC 48, where you know, there's a lot of buzz behind this. People are very, very excited and curious to see what's going to happen. So without further ado, give us the rundown here. What's the best way people can check it out? Uh, the time, the whole nine yards, the floor is yours, Shannon. Absolutely. So July 20th at 7 p.m. Mountain Time is when the show airs. It's Invicta FC 48. We will live broadcast. You will be able to watch us on Access TV the Invicta YouTube channel, and the Invicta Facebook. And I also believe MMA Junkie has our player, and you'll be, you can view it there as well. But, yeah, it's going to be an exciting fight night. We've got seven bouts on the card. They're matched incredibly well. Lots of talent. Got talent from Brazil, New England, Canada, the Netherlands. I mean, they're from all over the world, and they're the best of the best. You know, be sure to tune in. And if you've ever had questions about uh, open scoring in this sport, definitely tune in. That will give you an opportunity to see how it's utilized and, you know, kind of probably stop some of that naysaying that I see, you know, out there on the Internet. It's always a big topic. Judging is a huge topic coming up. Any event seems to be these days and in the subject and the conversation 
always seems to go to open scoring. Does it work? Does it not? I encourage you, if you've ever been in that conversation or wondered or a bit curious, make sure you tune in because we use it. We love it. And it doesn't stall our fights out. Our action is always there. And I think it's important for fans to come and check it out. If you are a content creator and you want a great program that provides studio quality sound, especially when you're doing interviews, then I encourage you to check out Zencaster. That's right, Z-E-N-C-A-S-T-R. It is my absolute favorite program to record with. I encourage everyone to check it out, okay? Visit Zencaster.com for more information. Enjoy. Hi, I'm Issa Trubik from Invicta FC, and you're listening to Duke Love Wrestling. Well, Isis, it's a pleasure to have you here on Duke Loves Wrestling. You know, just hung up with Shannon, so now you're part two of this great three-part series here about Invicta FC 48. Once again, July 20th, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on the Invicta YouTube, Facebook. It's also going to be on Access TV, going to be on the Fight Network, the whole nine yards here. But Isis, you're, you're really interesting because... I've been following you and your career for a couple of years now, and I know that you were very successful in glory kickboxing. Now you're making the transition over into mixed martial arts with Invicta FC. Talk to me about that. Talk to me about this transition from kickboxing to mixed martial arts. It's a whole difference because everything changed, like your standing changed, your striking changed. But I found like the fire back in the sport because I was losing my motivation and everything in kickboxing. And I really enjoy MMA. Like everything is new and there is so much to learn that like I love every training I do. Do you feel like you're prepared to take on a very tough striker like Melissa Odessa Parker? Inshallah. But um, yeah, I trained really hard. Uh, I had a really good camp everything uh went smooth so i can't complain like i'm ready for wednesday and uh, i can't wait well you and me both and it's really interesting because isis you're from holland and i've always been fascinated with the netherlands i have not been it's definitely on my bucket list someday i'm going to make it to the netherlands and just experience you know the food the culture the the weather I live in Boston where we have four seasons, you know, and, and listen, we get heat waves during the summertime like right now, but we also get dramatic, incredible uh, feet of snow during the wintertime. So we get all four seasons here, no two ways about it. What's it like over in Holland, especially right now? What's the weather like? Like uh, Holland is really nice now. It's summer there too. So we have some good weather, but it's still Holland. Some days you have like good weather for a few days and then all out of a sudden it's like cold. Like you're walking with a, with a little jacket on and stuff. But yeah, that's Holland. But for now, like how I heard from my family, like the weather is pretty good over there now. Now, what about the winter time? How is it over in the Netherlands during the winter. Yeah, I have this feeling like the weather everywhere is changing. So the last couple of years, we had some snow, but not really like that it's, uh, that you can play in it. Like it's like a little bit and because it rained a lot, like it disappeared almost like directly. But it is cold. It is, yeah, it is cold in the Netherlands in the winter. 
Well, hey, if you really miss the snow, once again, here in the Boston area, uh, we get feet of snow. You know, sometimes one, two feet of snow per storm. So if you want to come down here during the wintertime and help me uh, shovel, by all means, come on down. That, that's what I wanted to say. I love the snow. I'm not going to lie. I love that. A big chance I'm going to do that. All right. Everybody listening right now, you're my witnesses here. Literally one of the stars of Invicta Fighting Championships here <laughs> just admitted that she will come to Boston to help me shovel the next time we have a big storm here. So there it is, folks. You've heard it first. We are going to make sure Isis feels right at home since uh, the Netherlands may not be getting as much snow. Certainly, we're going to give her that Boston hospitality and give her all the snow that she can handle here. <laughs> this may be an extension of training camp, so to speak, here, Isis. Oh, my goodness. Now, listen, one of the things that I love to talk about, especially when I speak to someone who is from a different part of the world, even a different part of the world than I have been to, uh, I love to talk about food. I'm big on culture. I'm big on food. What are some of the foods that you're missing from back home? Like we have this thing in the Netherlands, it's called kapsalon. That's like um, you have fries with shawarma, with melted cheese over it, with a lot of gar garlic sauce. Like I miss that so much. And I miss the Dutch pancakes with the Nutella and the banana. Like that's my favorite thing. All right. Well, before we talk about the shawarma, I got to talk about this Dutch pancake because I literally have never heard of this before. So please describe this for me. What is this Dutch pancake all about? It's really thin and it's uh, way bigger than the pancakes over here. So it's oh. thin and big. And here is it like more small and really thick. If you order, you order one in the Netherlands. Like you don't order, like you don't get like four or five. You just eat one. But like you have different ones. They put everything on it. You can ask like uh, a pancake with bacon, with apple. Some people even do like shawarma on the pancake and stuff. Like you can mix it like however you want. Okay, everybody listening out there right now, I need you to help me. Help the Duke find some Dutch pancakes in the greater Boston area. If you know of a place that makes Dutch pancakes, please let me know. And if you don't, uh, then send me a good recipe and I'll just make it myself. At least I'll, <laughs> I'll try to make it myself and make it any good. And in fact, Isis, you can be my taste tester there if I have to make it myself. You can let me know if it tastes just like uh, mom used to make, so to speak, here. Now, you mentioned shawarma earlier. And I got to be honest with you here, Isis. I am a huge fan of shawarma it dates all the way back to when i was in college good friend of mine uh ubi uh he's from pakistan and one year he was talking about ramadan and fasting what have you and i said hey you know i'll do that with you because um it's a challenge for a lot of people and i love a challenge so i said yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna do that with you i'm gonna fast every day uh when the sun goes down we would break fast with a date and then we'd go out and get our food, right? Obviously, it's got to be uh, kosher, allow all that good stuff there. Um, but it was interesting because where we lived, so many different ethnic places and so many different types of cuisine. And we had multiple places that would make shawarma. So there was one place, and it doesn't exist anymore, unfortunately, but it was called a Reef Cafe. 
still to this day, the best shawarma I've ever had in my life. And I would always get the lamb and beef shawarma, so the lamb and beef mix, and they would take it, you know, put all the ingredients, press it into the sandwich, and just give it to us like that. And it would be crispy on the outside, chewy on the inside, so delicious. The the oh my goodness, I'm getting hungry just thinking about it. So so tell me, Isis, when it comes to shawarma, because you might be more of an expert than I am on this. When it comes to shawarma, do you prefer your shawarma to already be made like a sandwich? Or would would you rather have it? Because I know in some places around here, in the greater Boston area, they'll give you the shawarma ingredients in a plate and, you know, give you the bread and then you have to make it yourself or you just eat it without the bread. How do you prefer to eat your shawarma? Oh, no, I like it when they just make it. Like in the Netherlands, it's just like you order like, oh, yeah, I want like uh, this shawarma roll or like, and then they ask like, okay, what do you want in it? Do you want like, corn do you want the tomatoes like you can say like okay i want everything in it or i want some things not but they make it already like when you get it you can just eat it directly oh i love it i love now listen i gotta ask though is shawarma part of your your training regimen i mean are you allowed to eat shawarma when you're training for a fight no like when i uh, have a fight i eat really clean like um i don't eat that kind of stuff but when i don't have a fight Man, I eat all the shit because I really like bad food, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. You got to tell us now, not only me, but all the listeners out there, all of your fight fans, everybody, because this is this is compelling here. What is the quote unquote bad shit that you like to eat when you're not training for a fight? I ain't gonna lie, like the McDonald's is like two meters from my house and the Popeyes is like 10 meters. So mostly of the time I'm just eating McDonald's or Popeyes. Well, first of all, you say it a lot better than I do. Popeyes. Okay. I, I'm going to start saying Popeyes instead of Popeyes because it just sounds cooler to say it the easiest way. Now, I got to ask and, and listen, for people who've been listening to this show for a while, you know, our brother JB. JB is always a welcome guest. Great man out there. Shout out to our brother JB. We've had this debate for years. So I got to ask you now, Isis. When it comes to Popeyes, okay, when it comes to the chicken, I always get the mild. I don't do the spicy. You know, I, I always get the mild. But I take the chicken and I tear it into little bite sized pieces and then I dip. I dip my chicken. Okay, I like to get the sauce, barbecue sauce, sweet and sour sauce, chili sauce, ranch, whatever. I have to have some type of sauce, and I dip my chicken. So, Isis, I got to ask you, okay, you're from the Netherlands. You've come to the United States. You've discovered Popeyes, as we call it, Popeyes. Do you dip your chicken, or do you just eat it plain? No, no, I want a lot of sauce. Ah, see? Exactly. No <laughs> you you were you must be a cousin of mine here. So you were part of the sauce. I think so, yeah. <laughs> okay, score another one for those of us who like to dip our chicken in sauce. Isis, she's one of my, my new cousins now. She's part of the dipping family. She dips her Popeyes in sauce. I love it. Now <laughs> 
I know someone's gonna gonna ask, so I got to make sure I get this in here. When you go to McDonald's, what do you order? What is the Isis McDonald's order? Okay, I order first. I order a Big Mac meal with a Dr Pepper, and then I order two cheeseburgers aside, and that's what I eat first. Wow! And then most of the time I'm full, but if I'm still hungry, then yeah, depends. Now, mind you, folks, this is a world-class athlete, accomplished kickboxer. She's kicking butt in MMA, especially in Invicta Fighting Championships. So she can eat all that because she's going to go train it all off, turn it into muscle, turn it into some power so she can kick your head off there. <laughs> and, I, and I love the fact that you said Dr. Pepper, Isis. I'm a big Dr. Pepper fan. Uh, so I, I love that. Now, do we have Dr. Pepper in the Netherlands? We have Dr. Pepper in the Netherlands, but um, I love the Dr. Pepper cherry. And that's mm. what, like, we don't really have that in the Netherlands. You can get it by certain places, but, like, that's not really, uh, yeah, something like, if you can get it somewhere, it's like it comes maybe from America or some different place, you know? You know, one of the reasons why I love to talk about food and, you know, food and drink, so to speak, here. Is because at the end of the day, what are we really talking about? We're talking about culture, right? We express ourselves culturally in various different ways, not only by the way that we dress or the language that we speak, not only by the music that we listen to, but we also express ourselves culturally through food. So it's always interesting to talk to people about, from a native perspective, what are some of the foods that you prefer to eat? wherever you're from in the world, and also your interpretation of American food. You know, what, what are the stuff that we have here that you enjoy? So that, that was really cool. Really enjoyed hearing you talk about Popeye's and, and McDonald's and Dr. Pepper. That's that's really, really interesting. And of course, uh, the Dutch pancake, which I'm definitely going to find. And, you know, my love for shawarma. So, of course, you mentioned a shawarma whew, right to my heart. Absolutely here. I, I wonder about something, Isis, because, you know, I, I know your career. I've seen you fight and you really kick some butt in the ring, but you're not afraid to also take your lumps as well. What does your family think about you being a professional fighter? How do they feel about that? Since the beginning, they support me really like they figured out really fast that I uh, was really serious with the sport. So, yeah, since the beginning, they always support me and stand behind me. And, yeah, they're really proud of me. Yeah, they enjoy it. Like, my dad enjoyed the uh, uh, fighting game. Like, uh, my sister, my brother-in-law, my brothers, everybody, likes enjoy it. And they're really proud of me, like, how I'm, yeah, doing my best and working so hard. What about dating? I mean, when you're, when you're out on a date... Um how do people react to that? You know, does your date, are they afraid of you or do they find it cool that you're this badass MMA fighter? They always uh, give a reaction like, oh, I better don't uh, make you mad. But they, <laughs> yeah, like, but the most of the people, like, they think it's really cool, especially they are like, yeah. When I go outside, I'm a whole different person. So they're like, yeah, you don't even look like a fighter. and That's crazy. And yeah, but they think it's really cool what I'm doing. And they uh, all respect it uh, very much. 
Well, I'm happy to hear that. And, you know, in a lot of ways, that shows some type of progress, right? We, we live in a society today in which things are better than what they were yesterday, but we still have a long way to go. And there are still people out there who have a problem with women being professional athletes, especially in mixed martial arts. They have a problem with women achieving these successes from a general standpoint in society. And it's really ridiculous because, quite frankly, there isn't much that a man can do that a woman can't do. And a lot of times you could do it a hell of a lot better. I mean, let's be honest here. You can kick somebody's ass a hell of a lot more efficiently than I ever can. <laughs> <laughs> so I think for all these folks out there who are squeamish or have an issue with women being in MMA, come on, man. It's a sport. Let's... uh let go of the, the past and these ideas that women can only fit in one box. Let's get rid of the box. Let's get rid of the box and let's just continue to enjoy the progression of life. You know, the opportunity for everybody. Everybody has a, has a right to show their worth and show what they can do out there. And really shouldn't judge it until you see that. You know, and certainly, Isis, your match coming up on the 20th. 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, Access TV, uh, the Fight Network, Invicta FC's YouTube, Invicta FC's Facebook. I mean, the world will have an opportunity to watch you and Melissa Odessa Parker battle it out. You know, you being the, the kickboxer and Melissa being the incredible striker in boxing, but also, you know, she's well-versed in other disciplines of MMA as well. She's a triple threat, so to speak, here. So tell tell the world, from your perspective, what can we expect to see happen during that match? What is going to happen at Invicta FC 48? I'm going to give you guys a great fight, and you will enjoy it. It's going to be a hard fight, and I will give my all, and inshallah, I will step out the cage with a win. It's La Bella Bestia, I'm Melissa Odessa, and I'm here with Duke Loves Wrestling as I get ready for my Invicta FC 48 debut. The reason I was drawn to MMA outside of the other sports that I compete in is because I'm fascinated by the complexity of being a mixed martial artist. With boxing, you're limited with your punches. Between my military and combat training and having, you know, dip my toe into different types of disciplines. I love how you can combine it all and it's all whose game and tactic is better because at my level and being with Invicta, and that's why my heart was set on being with them where they showcase women who are at a certain level and are now up and coming fighters. So I feel I'm exactly where I'm supposed to be for where I'm at evolving as a mixed martial artist and no longer just a boxer. Well, Melissa, the word on the street is that you are a triple threat. There are three disciplines that you are proficient at and definitely can take somebody out with when you have to. What are those three disciplines? I compete in boxing, MMA, and Brazilian jiu-jitsu. I mostly compete in nogi since I'm so active with my MMA. I won the 2021 IBJJF No World, I mean Worlds No Gi, 
and I'm three and one in MMA, and I'm six and zero in boxing, and I'm the current reigning IBO bantamweight world champion. Well, you definitely have some serious fight credentials. There's no two ways about that, and it's really interesting to me because you have this thing where you are this warrior, this badass to the outside world. You're beating people up. You're winning championships the whole nine yards. And yet you're able to turn that off because when you're not fighting and you're at home, you're mom. Yeah. You know, I wear many hats, but one of my favorite ones is being mama bear. I'm in a very selfish sport just because you have to dedicate so much of yourself between your actual training, your recovery, your active recovery, even your mental space. So my kids are my everything. Malia, she's 14. Uh, little man, he is 11. I call them mamita and papito. And depending on how they feel about me, I get mom or mom or mama. <laughs> so it's interesting as my kids are now teenagers and how involved they are. But it's definitely a balance and making sure that they don't have to continue sacrificing so much so I can do what I need to do and pursue my goals. But I feel I'm also setting the example. You shouldn't have to isolate yourself and only be able to do one thing just because you choose to be a mom. I'm a mom. I'm a fighter. At one point, I was a full-time student. I was active duty. I was a personal trainer. You make time for what's important, and you learn to find that balance. And my kids have really helped me grow and mature in this sport just because they forced me to have to be able to do that because of our bonding relationship we have. Okay, so you were enlisted. So you literally were in the military and you're this MMA fighter. You know, legitimately, these are some, some dangerous things going on here. I'm the son of law enforcement officers. In fact, my mom just recently retired after 37 years in law enforcement. And I can remember when she first started off, I was terrified. You know, and in fact, I was always listening out for when she'd finally get home, especially if she worked the late shift. I needed to know my mom was home safe. How do your kids feel about you being an MMA fighter? So we actually did go through that phase that we're no longer going through because in order to transition from one sport to another that's so strenuous on your body, you're not just going to get bumps and bruises. You're going to get legit injuries that you have to deal with. So when I was dealing with that part of my training where my body was adjusting, but because I dove in as hard as I did, they would get concerned like, mom, we don't like this in boxing. We don't see you this injured. So that was the only time I ever heard that. But what I did is I invited them to my training camps. I invited them to my active recovery. So they've been with me to the chiropractor. They've been with me to my sparring sessions. They're there helping put on my icy hot and, you know, my kinetic tape or whatever it is I need to do. And now we're finally at a point where I've created monsters because when it's time to fight or I'm in training camp, it's, all right, mom, we got to go. I got your bag. I got your water. Let's go. Mom, you know what you got to do. Be first. And I'm like, okay, I, li I like this. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool. That's really, really cool. And, you know, it's important. It's important to have those kids involved. 
And I've never shared this with anyone, but part of the reason it's so important to involve my kids is because I didn't get that support from my mom from the moment I started fighting in the amateurs. Unfortunately, there was a female amateur who had passed away from a blood clot she had that popped during her bout. And it literally happened when I first started. So when my mom was signing in to um, remember the dollop to get to the internet <laughs> oh, yeah. and you'd wait and then you get, mm-hmm. so we're sitting at our computer doing that. And one of the first pages that pop up um, articles were a new thing that would come up on the screen was about this amateur boxer. And my mom gave it to me. Ay, mamita, por qué? Why are you doing this? There's so many other things you can do. And to this day, she has never been to any of my fights. And the only time she would talk to me about it is when she was asking me to quit. And that's something I will never do to my kids because I want them to know that if you're passionate about something, you go for it and you give it everything you've got. And if it doesn't work out, guess what? You can now check off what doesn't and you move on to the next. And I've always had to push myself when it comes to the family side. So now my kids will never struggle with that because they know what it's like to be supported in their endeavors. You know, you've been in training camp and I know that it's not always easy, especially when you're away from home, because you got to make sure that you're, you're what you're eating is what you're supposed to be eating in order to maximize your ability to, you know, be the machine that you can be come fight time. So how has that been? How has the, the diet been leading up to the fight? And more importantly, what are you looking forward to eating after the fight? I'm out here in Denver, Colorado. So they have like a lot of nice healthy spots. One thing I like to do is I'll keep eating the same way throughout my training camp. And I've been fortunate enough that I've been eating steak. I've been eating seafood. I've been eating lamb. I've really have learned when to eat what and what works well with me. So when I do win and I celebrate, I'm going to eat whatever's open because I'm ready to smash like some um, buffalo wings and have some French fries that I've been staying away from. Mixed martial arts is such a, as much as it's a physical sport, it's a very emotional and cerebral sport as well. Mind, spirit, physicality, it all has to be in line if you're going to be successful. As you know, you got a tough fight coming up. You got a tough fight coming up on the 20th. I mean, Isis is not someone that is going to be an easy go. She's a pretty well-accomplished kickboxer uh, who's made the transition into MMA, and she's won her first bout. So with Invictus FC, she's coming on a high here, and, and she's looking to continue her streak against you. She's looking to take you out. So I wonder, Melissa, what can we expect at Invictus FC 48 from you? I'm going to tell you right now, you can expect me to dominate. There is no striker on the Invicta roster that can fuck with my hands. I applaud her for being confident, but she's never been in there with anyone like me. I'm a fighter who learned to be a boxer who has now evolved into a mixed martial artist. When they lock us in there, there's no amount of backing up and running that will save her. I'm going to shut everything down. And just like my last few fights, I will break her down. So you will see striker versus kickboxer 
putting it all out there and showing who's the best, which will be me. You are focused. You are someone who's determined. I mean, it sounds like you're ready to go. I love it. I love it. And it's interesting because you've caught a little bit of heat. <laughs> caught a little bit of heat online because of your Brooklyn swag. You know what I mean? Because you're not afraid to tell it like it is, especially from your perspective. Um, certainly, you've earned that right. You know, you've represented our nation. You are proficient in multiple disciplines, mixed martial arts. Your mother. I mean, come on. You, you definitely are somebody who is not to be messed with. And you should be able to speak up and say who's who and what's what. Talk to me about the backlash that you've received online from some people who don't appreciate the fact that you're not afraid to speak up. Yeah, I had to pull back on that because I'm spicy and um, I know it. And I'm at a point where I'm only going to do things where I can fully be me. Being in the military, you have to hold your bearing. You have to maintain a certain standard. Um, I wasn't a prisoner, but now I'm free to just be Melissa Odessa. I'm not Sergeant Parker. Um, I'm me. And so when I talk about something I'm passionate about, I'm going to tell it like it is. So when I turned pro, you know, I didn't really keep in mind like, hey, I've been gone for a while because I was injured and I just show up on the scene and turn pro and I don't ease my way into it. And I'm just popping off on Twitter about how confident I am, what I can do, my opinion on certain fights. And I had a group, um, keyboard warriors. Who are you? You're nobody. What have you done? And then doing the comparisons. Like I've even had people type to me. I hope Clarissa Shields will whoop your ass. You know, just random things. And I had to sit back and think about it. And I'm like, I'm going to make sure they know my name. So I'm going to continue busting my ass because I chose a sport where, yes, you do have to prove yourself. So if you have an attitude of I don't have anything to prove, you need to take your ass somewhere else because this is not the sport. So when I do put my Twitter back up, my first tweet is going to be, I bet they know my name now because I'm building, I'm growing, and I will be one of Invicta's future world champions. Well, I don't know about you, but I'm convinced. I am convinced that Invicta FC 48 is a must-see event. And that's why I encourage you to join me. I'm going to be watching on Wednesday, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. If you have Access TV, certainly watch it on that channel. But if you don't have Access TV, you can head over to the Invicta FC Facebook page or their YouTube page. Watch it there. There's also the Fight Channel. You can watch it there as well. Folks, I'm telling you right now, this is some of the best MMA that you will see all year round. And that card is stacked from top to bottom, including the wonderful guests that we had on today, both Isis and Melissa. Of course, shout out to uh, Shannon, the Hall of Famer. You know, the, the founder, the head honcho over there at Invictus FC. She does such a great job. Sky's the limit for that promotion. There's no two ways about it. So, again, thank you very much, ladies, for joining us for this special edition of the Duke Loves Wrestling podcast. Wherever you're listening, give us a five-star rating. Show me some love here because you know we'll continue to, to give you these great 
conversations with these world-class, top-of-the-line athletes. That's what we're here for. No two ways about it. Okay, folks, listen. As always, be kind to yourselves and be kind to others. Take it away, Tony Schiavone. This is Tony Schiavone, and we're definitely out of time on Duke Love Wrestling.